A large portion of the Jewish nation has returned to its homeland, but the heart, soul, and mind of much of the Jewish nation are still in exile mode. This state of affairs must and will inevitably change. This is Torah Nation TV from Jerusalem, and we are speaking with the head of Machon Chilo, Rabbi David Bar Chaim. Shalom, Rabbi Bar Chaim. Shalom. Many Jews believe that the reason that we celebrate Hanukkah is to commemorate the fact that one jar of oil, which was intended to last one day, actually lasted for eight days. Is this what Hanukkah is all about? If one wants to know what Hanukkah is all about, one need go no further than opening one's sidur and looking at the uh, tefillah, the additional tefillah called al-hanisim that we add to the Shmona Esra and to Bikat HaMazon during the eight days of Hanukkah. If one reads this uh, Nusa, this tefillah called Ananisim, which exists in all Sidurim, in all the different customs and Minhagim in Am Yisrael today, with small variations, one sees <coughs> that the entire discussion, the entire theme of this tefillah Ananisim speaks about, and I quote Ananisim, Ala Givuroth, that we are thanking you, Hashem, for the salvation, for the assistance you gave us when fighting our enemies here in Eretz Yisrael 2,200 years ago approximately. That is what Hanukkah is all about. Those are the words of Hazal as we find them in our Sidur. And they tell us what it is all about. And if one looks at the continuation of that very same Nusah, one finds that this is precisely what is described, how the Greco-Syrians who ruled uh, Israel at that time, how they instituted decrees against the uh, Jewish people living according to the Torah and continuing the, the traditions of, of their forefathers, and how the Jewish people rose up, headed at first by, by uh, Matityahu, the, uh, who, who began the revolt from the town of Modi'in, where he and his family lived. They were the beginning, the kernel of that revolt against the Greco-Syrian regime. And this led to a, eventually to a major uprising and military conflict, which lasted at least three and a half years, at the end, end of which time the Greco-Syrian forces uh, retreated from much of Eretz Israel, and the Jews found themselves all of a sudden uh, in charge of their own destiny. They were able to return to Yerushalayim, to the temple, to the Mikdash. They were able to remove the uh, idolatrous um, fixtures that had been placed in the in the mikdash in the temple by the Greeks, they were they had to remove all those uh, uh, articles. They had to rebuild the mizbeach, the altar. They had to do many other things in order to rededicate the temple to the worship of Hashem. And this they did. And at the end of that process of rededication and rebuilding and cleansing, 
they celebrated and thanked Hashem for eight days. This is what is recorded in, uh, in the book of the Maccabees, Sefer Hashmonaim, or Sefer Maccabim, as it's also known in Hebrew. In the book of the Maccabees, this is how it is described. And this was the, the story of Hanukkah. And this is also how it's described in Al-Hanisim. It goes on to say how they fought and how they were successful. And at the end of which time, they re-entered the temple and rededicated it to the service of Hashem. Nowhere in Tafilat Al-Hanisim does it speak about a miracle of oil burning for longer than anticipated. Are there in fact no sources that speak of a miracle regarding the oil? Let me make this very clear. We have uh, a number of sources from Hazal discussing the events of uh, Hanukkah, the events that led up to the Jews being able to re-enter Yerushalayim and the temple, the Mikdash, and what they did when they got there. We have Sefer Maccabim. The first book of the Maccabees is the most uh, accurate, factual, historical account of those events. We also have uh, a text called Megillat Ta'anit, which in fact is the oldest text that we have from Hazal in our possession. It was written towards the end of the Second Temple period which means it precedes the Mishnah by nearly 200 years. It's written in Aramaic, and it's written in telegraphic style, and it mentions uh, special days and dates throughout the year, which the Jews did and should continue celebrating, according to this text known as Merilat Ta'anith, which is quoted in the Talmud on a number of occasions. This uh, ancient document, over 2,000 years old, uh, of Megillat Ta'anit, came down to us uh, together with a collection of explanations and commentaries and uh, uh, expansions of the text and uh, adding details and background to the events of the day being discussed by the original text of Megillat Tanit, which, as I said, is very telegraphic and therefore really requires some, some uh, expansion and some uh, ex additional explanation. If one looks at, and these, these additional explanations are referred to as scholia, in the, in, in the singular scholion, from the Greek, and in the plural, scholia. These scholia are uh, of uh, different sources. Some of them mention uh, facts uh, that we know from no other source, so these are very, these are very important uh, sources of, of Tarsha Baalpeh. If one looks at these scholia on the Rilath Ta'anith, one finds that of all the different uh, scholia that we have on this uh, relevant section in Mu'milat Ta'anith, only uh, in one version is the idea of a nespach hashemin, that is to say, of a, a, a quantity of oil that burned not for one day, a quantity that should have burned for one day, having burned for eight days, this is only mentioned in one of these texts. And what is quite clear uh, upon examination, and this is pointed out uh, 
in the uh, most accurate and scientific edition of this book, Megillat Tanit, that we have in our possession today, put out by uh, Dr. Vered Nav some years ago. What's very clear is that this statement was uh, interpolated into the scholia on Megillat Tanit from the, from the Talmud Bavli. In other words, the only source that we have for the uh, claim that there was a supernatural miracle whereby a quantity of oil that should have lasted one day lasted in fact for eight days. The only source for this is in the Talmud Bavli. In all the other sources where it does mention the fact that they found oil that had not been contaminated, that was not tameh, and this oil they used for the menorah, nowhere does it mention that the, the, uh, the oil that they found was only sufficient for one day and lasted eight days. It does mention in some of those cholia on Megillat Ta'anit that they found oil that had not been contaminated, and that's perfectly reasonable uh, in, the, uh, in the temple and, uh, and near the temple. There was much oil that would have been stored in earthenware jars, and there was no reason for the Greeks to make a point uh, of being diligent and uh, to the point, to the extent of, of, uh, of defiling every single jar of oil that existed in, in, in Yerushalayim. It's quite reasonable, therefore, to understand and to assume that they did find oil and they were able to use it. The idea of a supernatural miracle, however, is only mentioned in the, in the Talmud Bavli. And my claim is that this statement is Agadah, that is to say, of legendary uh, um, quality, or it's, it's a type of popular legend or story, but not, not something that one has to take literally, that one has to believe as one does uh, uh, statements referring to uh, halakha or other factual and, and real-world events. In the letter, a copy of which we find, in the book of Maccabees, that Judah Maccabee, Judah the Maccabee, sent to the Jews of Mitzrayim, of Egypt, at that time informing them of the uh, new festival called Hanukkah, which they should also celebrate, as the Jews of Eretz Yisrael were already doing. He mentions and describes the, all the events that led up to, the, to this uh, great victory and the rededication of the temple. He nowhere mentions the miracle of the oil. One would imagine that uh, Yudah Maccabi, if he was trying to explain to the Jews of Egypt why they should accept upon themselves this new uh, festival, and remember that, that we, the Jewish people, are generally a conservative people, and we stick to our traditions as we should, and therefore we are somewhat suspicious, and correctly so, uh, of new ideas and, and new developments, and we have to be very, uh, very much convinced and persuaded that a change is required and is proper, you would think that Yudam Akabi would have mentioned such a fact or such a miracle in order to um, bring home his point, and yet he does not do so. If, therefore, you would ask uh, what brought uh, about such a uh, claim, I would tell you that this is a natural uh, occurrence, if one understands that when the Jewish people live in exile for many, many generations, particularly if you think about the Jews living in Bavel, in Babylon, in Persia, etc., who were very distant from these events that took place in Eretz Israel 
during that time. They did not experience the decrees and the war and the aftermath of that war, etc. in Eretz Yisrael, as the Jews of Eretz Yisrael certainly did. But most of the Jews of the world, uh, in the world at that time did not live in Eretz Yisrael and were not uh, personally involved in this struggle. For them, such a story was very far from their personal experience and frankly didn't make a lot of, a lot of sense to them particularly because there were Jews living in, in Galut, in exile, and the whole idea of Jews uh, taking up arms, fighting for freedom, uh, fighting for their homeland, etc., and sovereignty, these were things that were uh, very far from the minds of the Jews uh, in the Gola, in the exile, just as today. Many such ideas and many issues which face the Jews who live in, in uh, Israel today are very far from the minds of Jews who live in uh, other parts of the world. And therefore, it was almost uh, to be expected that an alternative uh, understanding and uh, narrative should appear to explain the, the purpose and the reason why we have this uh, festival of Hanukkah. But in fact, I believe this cheapens the, the festival, the idea, the theme, and the importance and the significance of Hanukkah. So even if a person wished to insist that seeing that the Talmud Bavli speaks about such a miracle, I therefore must believe it or I choose to believe it. Even if a person adopts this position, it is important to understand that this is most certainly not the reason for the institution of Hanukkah in the first place. In other words, Assuming there was such a miracle, would that have been a sufficient reason? Would that have been a, uh, a justification for inventing, creating a new festival called Hanukkah? The answer to that is absolutely not. And this point is made very clear by the Maharal of Prague in his book on uh, matters discussing Hanukkah called Ner Miswa on page 22, where he says this very clearly. The Maharal did believe there was such a miracle because he accepts at face value, what it says in the Talmud Bavli regarding this matter. But he adds that this was certainly not the reason for instituting Hanukkah. And this was only, as it were, the cherry on top of the cake. This miracle, he says, simply indicated that Hashem was uh, behind the scenes in a, in a manner which was not, not obviously supernatural, uh, was behind the victory of the Jews over their enemies. And the victory over the enemies and the ability to continue living in Eretz Yisrael as Jews, which was impossible under uh, the, the decrees and the system, the regime of the Greeks in, in our homeland, this reality was overturned. And that is the reason for celebrating Hanukkah, so it states the Maharal very clearly. And this is the essential point, that people understand what Hanukkah is all about. It's not about donuts, and it's not about oil that burnt longer than expected. These are not reasons for making a new festival in the Jewish calendar. However, when the Jewish people, the Jewish nation, is threatened with, with extinction, either spiritual or physical, and come out uh, as victorious against their enemies, even though the chances on paper of achieving such a victory were very slim, this is most certainly a reason for thanking Hashem. Thank you, Rabbi Bar Chaim. 
We would like to encourage our listeners to share these podcasts with friends and send in your responses. We would also like to suggest the following opportunity to our listeners. If you identify with Rabbi Barheim's message and would like to sponsor or dedicate a podcast in honor or memory of a loved one, if you would like to obtain Birkon, Nusach Eretz Israel, or invite the rabbi for a speaking engagement, please email us at office at machonshilo.org.